now we're going to turn to the issue of accommodation for asylum seekers. The Department of Integration has said it is it can no longer provide accommodation to all international protection applicants due to a severe shortage. Uh, Jane, Minister Roderick O'Gorman was briefing the Cabinet on this today. What was said? Yes, yeah, so this announcement was made yesterday by the Department um, and it came after warnings from the Minister for the last week, if not maybe two weeks. Um, so he briefed the Cabinet on it this morning. Um, and basically the department have said they're working now with two charities in Dublin to provide services for any people that are going to be left unaccommodated and those services include the provision of sleeping bags and tents for people who they aren't able to accommodate Um, so I think the latest figures for yesterday was that 32 individuals weren't able they weren't able to get accommodation Um, and the Minister today said that um, to kind of help with the situation where they don't have accommodation they're going to be increasing the um, daily allowance for unaccommodated individuals by €75 euro a week. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. the, the weekly, the weekly allowance, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah, by €75 euro a week. So that will bring it up to €113 euro a week for people who don't have accommodation. So I think we all know that, you know, that's not going to go very far. Um, and I think there was kind of a lack of clarity as well around what the department actually want. The, like when they when they say we don't have accommodation for you, here is this additional uh, weekly allowance. There was a lack of clarity around what they're actually telling them to do or where they're telling them to go. Um, so I think there's a there's an information vacuum there as well within all of this. All right, uh, Gareth O'Hearn, that extra seventy five euro per week for people mm. uh, who <coughs> aren't availing of accommodation. What are people supposed to do with that? They talked. There was our colleague Louise Byrne on Prime Time just before we came on air had interviewed a number of people who say they spend their days in cafes, in bars, in McDonald's, and the like. It just about covers their time in that, but it doesn't cover accommodation, does it? No, no, it doesn't. And look, it, like it's not ideal, and 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 no one says it is. Like we're we're at the stage now where in the last two years we've almost one hundred thirty thousand people come into this country through um, the the war in Ukraine of one hundred thousand and about thirty thousand international protection applicants, and you know the Minister Roger Cormann has been saying for a number number of months now that we're we're at a limit in terms of how many we can we can accommodate um and we're at that point now which is which is quite difficult the they're still looking at offers i know i know of places in Tipperary um where they're where they're looking at places um um the old barracks um unused uh, uh, government buildings uh and tented accommodation and um that's that's the challenge we have at the moment it's it's obviously not ideal um but it's a challenge that's very similar in most european countries and in terms of People, you know, we've seen people accommodated in, in tents before. Mm. There was the Red Cross was talking today about needing to convert disused commercial premises. Yes. Will there be more of that? Yeah, I think so. And I'd like there'd be more modular homes as well. Like in, in Tipperary, Turles was one of the first of seven modular home units that were, were used predominantly for, for Ukrainians, actually. Um, there was 60 five families um, accommodated in, in, in Turles and it's been quite successful but that needs to be ramped up more um, but that's the position we're in now you know we've we've, we've used up um, as much hotel accommodation as we can we've had as many people offer rooms and beds as is possible um, and now we're in a situation where we're looking for buildings or unused properties that, that can be uh, a makeshift unit for, for someone to have a roof over their head and Porrick McLaughlin, the, the people that will be prioritised are, are women and children. The A number of the people that Louise Byrne interviewed uh, just on that primetime that, that that's on before we came on air were, were single young men who are 
hardest to accommodate mm. in Ireland's homeless population and hardest to accommodate amongst people seeking international protection. Would you have any sympathy for the government in their predicament on this? Uh, I mean, it's no doubt it's a huge challenge um, and it's uh, primarily an accommodation uh, challenge and I mean, I, I think the government have had serious failures in terms of planning. I mean, they talked about uh, a projection of 200,000 Ukrainians at one point. Um, so they must have been, you know, this is a couple of years ago, uh, looking ahead. I mean, modular buildings has been a bit of a, a farce, uh, really. It's clear that Minister Roderick O'Gorman has been dumped on. He's carrying this almost, it seems to me, on his, on his own. I mean, where is housing? Where is health? Where is education? Uh, if you go into local communities, uh, and this is, I mean, you see a lot of the tensions, but the people who, you know, are, are rising up and, you know, we, we know this is TDs. They're not racists. They're people who have had zero consultation. They're looking at their health services, their local schools, their local uh, community amenities, and nobody's talking to them, you know. nobody's t- uh, Sure, but the people who them. put the least pressure on those local amenities are actually healthy, single young men. And they are the people that a lot of communities don't want uh, with you know, fear has been used, uh, fear has been raised around people being unvetted and vaguely unspoken fears about, you know, threats to Irish women. Yeah, and, and there's a, a profound failure to communicate by government, you know, to talk about, I mean, you know, how we end up, for example, with a, you know, a, a busload of single men. And what happens, as I understand it, is when they arrive at the uh, airport, um, they're uh, into the international protection uh, service. They are photographed, fingerprinted. There is checks as much as there can be. Um, the reason why they're separated as single men, even though they're from many different countries and cultures and languages, is because obviously for child protection reasons and on the subject of child protection I mean you know that the Children's Ombudsman has spoken out in grave terms recently that you have 200 temporary emergency centres where there's no oversight whatsoever of the care of children in those facilities so we we have a huge failing Uh, the other thing is that the length of time to make decisions in terms of asylum applications is just too long there's no follow through in terms of people who aren't successful so the system is clogged up it doesn't work and there's a failure to communicate and you know it's a big problem Jennifer Whitmore can you communicate your way past the concerns of communities do you think people would ever be reassured or are they always going to err towards playing it safe and preferring women and children Oh, look, I, I, I think in relation, I think there, there's a lot of misinformation put out and I've seen it in, in some communities where, you know, if a group of um, IPAS, particularly young men come in, you know, there, there's there's reports of uh, women being raped, of women being attacked, all this, and, and it's all untrue and, and it's not countered. So it goes out on social media and it becomes fact for the local community. So that will obviously uh, cause concern within the community. So I do think there is a responsibility to sort of, to ensure that the correct information that when something like that goes out that is fact-checked um, and that if it is misinformation that is, is put clear uh, straight away. But I mean, I, I think th- I'm just going to step it back a little bit because I think the, f- the first thing we need to acknowledge is that when people come to this country and they're seeking refuge, the government has a, a right, an obligation uh, from human rights perspective to provide them with their basic needs and they are not doing that at the moment and saying that they're going to give them 70 euro or whatever it is a week um, to, to do that, that is that is not meeting uh, their, their obligation and, and there's certainly serious concerns about that, not only because of the weather because um, it's obviously very, very cold but we've just had a conversation about how on safe Dublin is, um, you know, that they're, that they're um, 
particularly elements uh, operating at the moment who would target um, and uh, you know uh, it's, young it's happened migrants. before there, there have been migrant encampments well, that have absolutely. been attacked before absolutely tents burnt out you know and so I mean, I would have huge safety concerns for people who are coming here. Can you imagine coming into a country and you're seeking refuge? You come in, you don't know the language, you don't know anybody. When you come in, you're essentially handed a voucher and told to go sleep on the street. I mean, that's what we're doing at the moment. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that that represents a major failing on government to deal with this. I know it's challenging. I know no one expected so many, particularly Ukrainians, to come into the country. It is a number of years since that happened. And government has never once moved from dealing with this on an emergency footing to dealing with it on a medium to long term basis. This is the reality for us now that, you know, we will have significant numbers of people coming into the country seeking refuge. We need as a society, as a wealthy society, we need to be able to deal with it. Government has not done it. And and I do agree that actually Minister O'Gorman was left uh, with this problem and that there wasn't a whole of government support for him and right. I think he should have received that. And, but one of the things that uh, Minister Roderick O'Gorman was saying, Jane, is that the um, the offering would be changed for people arriving to the country in terms of the limit for the period of accommodation they would be given arriving at least from Ukraine and the Department of Social Welfare also looking at some of the benefits that would be offered uh, to people. Mm, yeah, so that's one of the things they're looking at now and they're they're talking about bringing it more in line with the European average, um, which is something, you know, that certain people have complained about that the Irish offering is higher than it is. But you also have to remember that the cost of living in Ireland is a lot higher than it is in a lot of European countries. So it's something they're looking into. Um, I think, the, as the other panellists were saying, the progress in this is very, very slow. There is that lack of information there and the department have been very, very slow to counter misinformation when it comes to uh, protection, international protection seekers. So I think they have a lot of work to do and they're, they're on the back foot of it and they, they need to, to get ahead of it now. Do you detect a shift in the tone in the debate? Um, I don't think so, no. We were talking about this earlier and I think the Taoiseach, like he's been very consistent saying that people don't get to have a veto on who lives in their neighbourhoods um, and he, he has been con- mm. consistent on that. So from him, I haven't really noticed a shift. Just on, the, just on that column, like uh, uh, people don't have a veto on, on, on who lives in their neighbourhood. But like, and I don't always, I wouldn't always agree with, with Park, but I will on this one. Communication needs to improve. And, and Cashel in Tipperary was a prime example about a month ago where there was 70 or 80 international protection applicants moving into a hostel in Cashel. And because there was no communication with public reps like me or the chief executive or the county council, uh, the department weren't aware that it was actually being used by the local authority for homeless people in Tipperary. And homeless people were being moved out to put international protection people in place. So when we all talk about a lack of communication, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. And the fear from the department is if they tell too many people too early, then a group will form to be against it because they'll think it's all 70 or 80 males coming into a community. It's a bit a naive, village. isn't it? It's a small country. Something always leaks out. People get wind of stuff. The idea of trying well, to not tell people is, is, is possibly not the most advisable approach, is it? Well, uh, in, in this instance, it works where, like, because people found out about a day before it was going to happen and homeless people were being moved out of accommodation that they were that was being used for people in Tipperary. And, you know, that's not an ideal situation, to be perfectly honest. All right. 